Good morning, and welcome to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian. It is a joy to come into your home today with good news about God who loves you. If you're ever in Uptown Columbus, we invite you to stop by and say hello. We'd love to see you, have you worship with us. We'll make you feel like family. At First Presbyterian, we are family. Learning together, growing together, worshiping together. Invite all those who are able to stand in body or spirit out of respect for God's Word and in solidarity with Christians around the world. Our first lesson comes to us today through the power of the Spirit from Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 7. It can be found on page 672 in your pew Bible. Let us attend to the wisdom of the Word of God. But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. You pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. And the flame, it shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up. To the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Once again, those who are able are invited to stand. Out of respect for God's words, it comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew. So we're continuing a sermon series entitled Salt and Light as we make our way through the Sermon on the Mount. So listen to these words spoken by Jesus to those who heard him on that day and spoken by Jesus to us who have gathered in this house of worship today. And Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your lifespan? 
And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring worry enough for its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Will you pray with me, please? Oh, sovereign and loving Lord, you have something to say to us today. We may have already heard the whispers of your voice, the echoes of your truth, the power of your loving word to us. But we ask that by your Holy Spirit present with us here, that you would make us available, that you would allow us to avail ourselves to your life-giving word today. So sensitize our hearts, open our minds, speak into our lives. We humbly pray the words of life that are truly life and abundant life, that we may receive them with joy and gratitude and live them out for your glory for Christ's sake and for the good of your people. Today and all of our days, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I may have your attention this morning like I have not had your attention in 12 years and 10 months. I'm hearkening all the way back to my first sermon. What is this guy going to say? Who is he? What is he all about? And now here on my last Sunday, maybe your ears are perked up in, a, in a, uh, a new way or a different way or an old way that you haven't experienced in quite some time. But wherever you are, I hope that uh, the Holy Spirit has your attention on this Pentecost Sunday. As I was thinking about this being my last Sunday preaching in this pulpit as your senior pastor, I thought about that children's sermon that Debbie Spear has already mentioned. I was a little uh, afraid, uncertain about how things were going to go and what uh, maybe the Holy Spirit had gotten me and my family into. And uh, I was pretty nervous until I pulled out of my coat pocket that morning. I had another children's sermon planned, but I pulled out of my coat pocket a little note that had been tucked in there about a month before when I'd left the Madison Presbyterian Church. It was a note that was given to me by one of the children in that church where I used to do children's sermons every Sunday for 10 years. I got to do them here occasionally, as Debbie Spears said. But I found that little note in my pocket by a little girl named Callie Ray, who's grown and married now. And on that note, she had drawn a picture of a frog, and she said, fully rely on God. And that was, a, that was the Word of God to me on that day. And I decided to share it because I needed it. And the kids were getting ready to start their school year, and so I imparted it to them. And that was kind of the 
uh, beginning of my ministry here because at the end of that sermon where I told the, the children to, in their nervousness, in their unknowing, maybe in their fear, to just be frogs. What do frogs do? Well, they croak, they hop, they do all of this. We went through all of that. But to be a frog as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, means to fully rely on God, to trust God, to follow God, to call on God, to seek to be like His Son, Jesus. And so, after I told the kids to be frogs, I prayed with them, and little Mills Gunby, he hopped across the front of the church and up this aisle and as people started realizing what he was doing, he was just being a frog. The place erupted into joyful laughter. Such a fond memory. So on this last Sunday as your senior pastor, I hope you have your attention. But I need to tell you right up front that I don't have any, anything new or different to share with you. Because I have endeavored for the past 12 years and 10 months to faithfully preach the simple, beautiful, powerful, true message of the gospel, the good news of our salvation in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, and in Him alone. That through His life, death, and resurrection, and His ascension, that we know Jesus Christ as the one true and living God and our salvation in Him. I have endeavored to preach Jesus Christ as the incarnation, as that beautiful mystery of what it meant for God to come among us, be one of us, to put on flesh as God with us, Emmanuel. For these past 12 years and 10 months, I have preached Jesus as He has revealed Himself and, 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 and spoke of Himself as the way, the truth, the life that is truly life, an abundant life. And that all who desired to go to the Father would go through Him. I've preached the cross as the means of our salvation, that the death of Jesus Christ on the cross was the death that we should have died for the sins of our life, born into a sinful world and born willful and sinful in our own selves, that as Jesus offered Himself as that perfect sacrifice and shed His blood, it is by that blood that we are saved. It is by that blood that we are cleansed of our sin, washed, made whole. We are freed. We are forgiven. I preach Jesus Christ who is the risen one. Death could not hold Jesus Christ. The grave was not His final resting place but that Jesus Christ rose up victorious over sin and death. And in the resurrection, we see and experience the power and the majesty of God's love and God's grace. I have preached that we are not alone, that we are promised the Comforter, the Counselor, the very living presence of God, God's self, and the Holy Spirit. And today in the Christian year, we celebrate on this calendar day Pentecost, when those faithful men and women stayed in the city being obedient to the risen Lord, waiting and praying for the promised Holy Spirit to come, and it was poured out in abundance in the gift of being able to speak and communicate and courageously live and go out into the streets to share the good news, the gospel message of Jesus Christ as Savior. I have preached our purpose as the people of God 
that purpose being to tell the whole world that there is a God who created them, who loves them, who redeems them, and reveals God's self in the Old and the New Testament alike as that perfect revelation of God through Jesus Christ, His Son, and through the living, active presence of the Holy Spirit at work in the world and at work within each one of us. I have preached the sovereign God and His great love and His great care that has called us together as the people of God with a variety of gifts, with numerous backgrounds and orientations to come together in one place, one body, one people, for one purpose, to be the church, the body of Christ, to use the gifts that we have been given, empowered by the Spirit, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ in the world. Carrying, transporting, lifting up in word and in deed the good news of the gospel. One of the first things that we did when I came as senior pastor almost 13 years ago was we changed the marquee out front on 1st and 11th and back here on 2nd and 11th. We changed the marquee so that it would read Senior Pastor Charles Ransom Hasty Jr. No, we didn't do that. You remember we put on that marquee ministers, all members. And it has been that way lo these many years. And it's my prayer it will, it will continue to be that way, whether it's on the marquee or not, in all of the years to come. We are all, each one of us, ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have preached that we have a part to play and each one of us needs the other. We all have a job to do, and it's our job to ask God to show us what it is that we are called to do and to be, because we all have gifts to share. We all have stories to tell about the intimate, miraculous, and transforming work of the living God in our lives, and we have a world to share and to show what it means to be a follower of Jesus to show who this God and Jesus Christ is, what He has done, and tell the world what He is doing by the witness of our changed and changing lives and in our self-giving love to the world. And I have preached all of this as the extravagant and overwhelming gift that God has given and continues to give to us as individuals and to His church as His people. And this gift of Jesus Christ, these gifts of His grace are unearned. They are undeserved. This is a free gift. You can't work for it. You can't earn it by title or right or position or wealth. It is free, and it is given freely. For it is Jesus Christ Himself who has chosen us, chosen me, chosen you to be the vessels of His message of love to the world. We are called to be fruit bearers, fruit of the Spirit, fruit that lasts 
to the glory of His name and to the good of His people. And I have preached this message of this gift of knowing and serving God as a gift that is called grace. And God's grace is free. It is abundant and it is amazing. And we have received this grace for a reason, to share it freely with everyone. Remembering all the while that we are undeserving of this gift. And so we receive it with humility, but yet live it out with confidence as we share it with everyone in our lives and with everyone who crosses our paths. For we are called to give away this grace, this gift extravagantly, to love completely, to forgive freely and quickly, to serve sacrificially, and to share the good news always, the good news that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in Him might not perish but have life everlasting. For God sent His Son into the world not to condemn the world, but so that the world through Him might be saved. This good news is so simple. It is so powerful. It is so beautiful. And it is so true. And there is nothing else like it. And to be in relationship with this living and loving God, there is nothing else like it. Do you know Him? Are you in relationship with Him? Are you growing in that relationship, continuing to avail yourself to that relationship? Lord, I want to know You. Lord, I want to serve You. Lord, I need You. Lord, use me. The life in Him is that life which is truly life. And it is an abundant life of joy and purpose. And what I have endeavored to preach and to teach is what I have also endeavored to live out before you, to, before you in all of my days as your senior pastor because it has been my supreme joy to serve as the senior pastor of First Presbyterian Church of Columbus, Georgia. And I have never taken for granted the opportunity to preach in this pulpit week after week, the opportunity to baptize both infants and adults, to preside over funerals and celebrate the lives of the faithful and to claim the power of the resurrection for us all, to visit the sick, to be with you in times of joy and sorrow, to preside over weddings, all of what ministry comes with, I have never taken it for granted and have been humbled to serve in this way. I've never taken for granted representing you at the higher governing bodies of our church. Never taken for granted representing you in this community and beyond. It has been my supreme joy and honor, and I pray to God that I have done it well and to His glory as I sought to live out playing before an audience of one. And I want to thank you for the opportunity for us to serve together in this gospel ministry and for the ways that you have loved me, encouraged me, corrected me, and affirmed me and befriended me.
in the ways that you have loved my family and helped Jeannie and me raise our girls. Many of you helped them grow in their faith, and they are beautiful ladies of strong faith, poised for great things for which God has planned in their beautiful lives, and I am indebted to you. Yet now a chapter closes. This chapter comes to an end. And maybe it is coming to an end more quickly than any of us expected. Maybe it is not ending as ideally as we desired, but because of my desire to be faithful, to be obedient to Jesus Christ, I am doing personally what I believe God is calling me to do. And because of what I believe is best for First Presbyterian Church and the health and the well-being of this congregation and its future, I believe that I am doing what is best for you as well, professionally, and stepping aside and allowing you together to discern and determine the next chapter in the life of this great church. I want you to know that my prayers will be with you, prayers of thanksgiving and gratitude and supplication for, you, for your blessed and bright future as you face challenges in what it is that God is calling you to do. And I covet from you your prayers also for my family as we seek to do God's will in determining the future, the next chapter that God has in store for us in our walk, in the next chapter of our lives, to honor and serve Jesus Christ as Lord. We do not yet know where we will land so you don't have to ask us that question, but you can pray for us as we seek the answers. Actually, I'm looking forward to a period of, as I told somebody, doing nothing and just staring at something for a little while. But I am looking forward to a, a period of renewal, of prayer, of deep discernment and seeking for what God's next call may be in our lives and the life of my family. And so in a sense, here we both stand, me as your senior pastor and you as the congregation of this great church, on a threshold of sorts at the end of one season and the beginning of another season, not knowing exactly what is next. Amen? Now you have, may have heard this said. I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. Amen? Well, my friends, God is giving me the opportunity not to speak a sermon, but to live one and seeking to be faithful at this juncture in my life. And by the same token, God is giving you, First Presbyterian Church, an opportunity to live a sermon as you, in the same manner, seek to be faithful in the call of pursuing the gospel ministry of Jesus Christ. Maybe in thinking of that saying, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day, maybe that's why St. Francis of Assisi said, as I have used as a charge at the end of many worship services here, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. It may not be our words that are so important now, my brothers and sisters, 
but our lives in the way that we live them and seeking to be faithful to a faithful God. You know, God, once again, has shown me God's perfect timing and exquisite sense of humor. I should have known that it would be under these circumstances that we would read the text that we did today from Matthew's Gospel. Did you hear it? Did you hear what Jesus is saying in this portion of the Sermon on the Mount? And I'm not going to go on and preach a sermon on this text now. I just want you to remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or wear. Look at the birds, Chuck. Look at the flowers, First Presbyterian. They don't have to worry about anything because your, your Father in Heaven knows what they need and provides it in abundance. And if God is willing to do that for the birds and the flowers, how much more is God willing to do for you? And I want to say, really, God? Really? This is the text for today. Don't worry. Be happy. Come on, Jesus. But that is precisely what Jesus is saying today. Trust me. Have faith in me. Have I not shown you my faithfulness? Have I not written it in a living way in the annals of history through the witness of Scripture? through the life of this church, and even in your own life, have I not shown you my faithfulness? You know, I, have a, I can't do a children's sermon now, can I? I want to pull out my object lesson. This is something that is sat in the corner of my office where I would kneel to pray every Sunday, and I would look at this burnt timber that while we were under the called by the Spirit renovations, I plucked this out of the wall. It just fell out of the wall. And you know what this is from, those of you who are connected to this church, the fire of 1891, when this glorious sanctuary was in ashes and ruins, and all seemed to be lost. But God raised up this church, and these people pulled together, and in faithfulness and trust and in love and devotion, rebuilt this house of worship, and she has continued to be used by God in this city and beyond. This is a symbol of God's faithfulness. And we can look back at God's faithfulness and look back in our own lives and see that God in Jesus Christ is good to His Word. And when we look back, then we are able to look forward and step out in faith and be a frog. <laughs> and be a frog. What does it mean, children? Fully rely on God. Okay, Lord. Ribbit. Hop, hop, hop into His bright future. As yes, our human minds plan the way, but as the Lord directs our steps. Because when we trust Him, it will be better and even more than we could ever imagine or think for ourselves. And the way that we step out in faithfulness into the future is to do simply what Jesus said. Don't worry about the small stuff, about your bodies, about your well-being. Simply worry and don't worry about it, but commit yourself to one thing, and that is seeking first the kingdom of God. That means praying for it, 
That means looking for it, celebrating it, sharing it, and inviting other people to come into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of love, of peace, of justice, of mercy, so that they too might know this walk of joy and blessing and life. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then everything else is just going to be added onto that, is what Jesus says. So don't worry. Be not anxious. God loves you. Jesus Christ died for you. And His Holy Spirit is with you and will never leave or forsake you. So continue to seek first the kingdom of God. And continue preaching the gospel at all times and when necessary, using words. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.